Hey everyone, welcome to Founders 365 with me, Stephen Haggerty. Today I'm joined by founder of The Savorists, Mr. Harry Turpin. How are you today? Very well, thanks, Stephen. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Thanks for being on the show. Appreciate your time. No, more than welcome. Uh, First and foremost, tell me about The Savorists. What is it that, what is The Savorists? So The Savorists is a savory snack bar. Uh, we have two flavors. We have a sun-dried tomato and herb and a black olive and nori seaweed. Base is made from ancient grains uh, and seeds. And then we sort of pack a punch through our flavor profiles. Um, the idea came around just because there's nothing savory in this pack format. Uh, we're sort of looking um, at the category and everything was sweet. Everything was date-based. Similar flavor profiles, caramel, ginger, chocolate. Um, and, and we sort of felt like there was a, a bit of a need for change, a bit more of a bridge a gap between the crisps and popcorn and, and, and the snack bar market. I think snack bar market has predominantly been around protein and gym and yeah. sort of need to need to work out for five hours a day and then eat a protein bar. And, <laughs> and we're more about slowing things down and just in, in enjoying the food for what it is in the in, in this platform. Um, so that's, that's sort of us in a nutshell, really. You've sold me already. You've sold me already. Fantastic. So that's, that's done. It's done. All right, great podcast. Well done. Thank you. See you later. <laughs> um, Cheers to time. Yeah, exactly. That's it. Savorous.com. Easy. Uh, <laughs> so for you, you know, you as a founder, your background, obviously you were working at Coulston Press, was it? Yep, exactly. Yeah, yeah. How, how did it go from working for them, which is obviously a huge, huge setup, lots of money behind them, you know, been around for a while, lots of different products to going, right, actually, you know what, I want to do my own thing. I want to get out there. I've got this product in mind. Talk me through that process of effectively going from like a, an employee to doing your own thing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I was I was super lucky. Causeman was a fantastic learning experience. I arrived pretty fresh out of university and uh, my sales director at the time gave me a rucksack and he said to me, here's a load of cans. It was the launch of their sparkling range, which is nice. a great, great, great product. And uh, he filled up a branded rucksack for me and he was like, right, off you go. And I was like, what do you mean off you go? <laughs> and, uh, and that was it really. There, there wasn't an office at the time. It, it was quite a big brand, but um, they, it was it was a new, completely new category for them launching into sparkling. And, and my role for, for the first year was, was literally sort of, um, a rucksack on the back and selling into your independence and I think Love that. from certain store checks and Whole Foods right the way through to your sort of local corner shop, um, independent cafes, delis um, and just sort of walking the streets really which um, initially was quite exciting when you sort of get to 4pm on a Thursday and the pub's cooling it's, it's pissing the rain <laughs> in November it's it's not so exciting but it was it was fantastic it was great grounding and, and my boss at the time said to me Harry there's no such thing as, as bad weather it's just bad clothing so you kind of Knew that the the role was gonna was gonna involve. Yeah, a lot he was of prepping you for. Out of the yeah, days. yeah. There was there was no uh, there was no smoke and mirrors. Um, but no, it was a fantastic experience and and sort of gave me that real kind of grassroots. Yeah. So sort of talking to people and, and pushing a product. I think the way the industry's gone is it, obviously at the moment with COVID, it's it's slightly trickier to do things like that. But it but it really allowed me to kind of sort of get, get that confidence of just being able to walk in and, and, and pitch something and mm. have, have confidence in the product and, 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 and move about sort of making connections and stuff. So I start, started doing that. As I said, I was there for about a year and then moved into sort of managing uh, some wholesalers and slightly bigger accounts and then ended up doing some export work 
which at the time was was super exciting because we got got a bit of travel involved and and some nice boozy dinners with with our distributors <laughs> and, and and the kind of the, the, the fun started to, to roll in i was i was incredibly lucky like that the cans were, were a rip roaring success and we the business grew grew astronomically while i was there and and was just in the right place right time really had some fantastic people had started that that business and people what, were on the what board place to learn though for you exactly i mean it really was the sort of university of food and drink for me like you had yeah. members on the board there who would who were ex-green and blacks they'd, they'd sort of set up green and blacks and sold it then mark palmer who who is uh ex marketing director for manger and and we'd have meetings where at the age of, sort of 21 22 i was there having a to sort of do a, a monthly update to these guys and you sort of initially uh, you're, you're shaking and worried about what they're going to say. And then before you know it, you're five pints in at the pub afterwards and <laughs> having a great time. So it was a fantastic, fantastic atmosphere. I sort of fell in love with with the world of food and drink and never looked back, really. I think the, the transition period came. We uh, The soft drinks, uh, sugar tax mm. happened while I was there. And it just sort of got me thinking about the way that we consume food and drink and, and um, sort of how we need to, to sort of progress this and move forward and, 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 and see how we can, we can make things slightly healthier. And I think um, it, it really stuck with me, the, the amount of effort that went into the sugar tax, because obviously you had to change ingredients and, and that means cost increase and therefore you have to go out to trade and put your price increases through, which again was some fantastic experience, but it, it gave you a lot of time to think about sort of what where the industry is, is moving and I think for, for, from my side I started looking at other categories I sort of jumped back a little bit I'd always been interested in setting up a business I think the, the, the buzz of having um, so your fingers in, in every part of the pie as it were yeah. and um, every bit of the business really excited me I think had I, had I gone corporate I would have been fired um, because <laughs> I, just, I just a true I, test of an entrepreneur yeah. I had a, I had a couple of sort of internships early doors and and uh, we'd have meetings and I was constantly throwing out ideas. I, think I annoyed a few people because they sort of like <laughs> at the time I thought this idea was fantastic and and it, whether it was or not the timeline of when they wanted to do it they'd obviously already thought about it with me yeah, yeah. thinking that I knew everything which obviously at the time I didn't I still <laughs> don't. Um, so so yeah we so it was 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 um, quite excited about about setting up a business I think when. When I was at school, it, it's that classic kind of. I, I gravitated towards selling anything I could, and um, I went across uh, to on holiday one time. My gran and she bought me a load of fake wallets, which we ended up selling in school, and, and like all those sort of stories. You went. I like the way your first school venture was like proper, just illegal. Yeah, it was, and it was just funded like, by my gran. We're, skip, we're <laughs> skipping so many steps. Well, let's just go into counterfeit goods. That's it, exactly, exactly. Um, and and then so university was was gravitated towards that standard kind of setup nightclub night, and 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 the buzz from there really just sort of I I knew that that I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I knew that at some point I wanted to to, yeah. to gravitate towards that. So uh, back to that course, and, and was looking at other categories, and, and as I said initially. The, the the amount of sweet snack bars that were out there were were it, it's crazy and and we did a, a sort of taste test on a load of bars and, and these bars are fantastic right they're, they're there for a reason the category has exploded for a reason and I'm, I'm never going to sit here and, and say there's no need for them because there is i think what, what we want to try and do is just evolve it so yeah. we bought maybe 15 bars and unwrapped them all and, and, and tried them on a table and, and removed the branding completely and i think um so eight or nine of them they were like oh i can't tell which which one's which like mm. they taste the same and that for me was a was a real moment of kind of 
this is just fuel. It's not, there's no real sort of food here. Yeah, yeah. It is around, around that. that it's not that an experience fuel. of flavor. Exactly, exactly. And I think it's, it's a sweet treat and it's obviously evolved from your kind of confectionery, your Mars bars and, and your Snickers. And, and I think the, 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 the one watch for me was, was when Mars bar launched a, a, a Mars protein yeah, uh, or Snickers. Yeah, I think it was Mars protein. Yeah. And, and they, they just chucked a load. Them, yeah. And they just chucked a load of whey protein and a Mars bar and you're like, yeah. okay, cool. Right. That's where, and put the word protein on the, on the front. Yeah. And, like, and, oh, exactly, exactly, and then Jim exactly. starts selling it and you're sorted. Exactly. 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 And so, so I wanted to steer clear of, of that side of things and um i as, as you can tell I'm, I'm quite into my food um and and enjoy enjoy a, a, a sort of eating occasion and i think that's where i really wanted to to, to bring in yeah. the eating occasion and actually but by, by moving savory we were allowed to explore some some flavors that maybe hadn't been tapped into before i think w one of the challenges for us was was around creating something that's commercially viable mm. and, and mass market but interesting enough to be like oh okay that's seaweed but how did you, how did you overcome that challenge then? How did you overcome that sweet spot of this is going to be a mass market, but also still getting what you want it, what you want to achieve? I think, I mean, I can't sit here and say we've, we've overcome it because we're definitely still in it. Evolving. Um, but but I, I think by, the, by sort of trying to bring in flavour profiles that work together, but also having them uh, interesting, but but not polarising. So, mm -hmm. so Sun-Dried Tomato and Black Olive, a lot of people have tried that and they'll know whether they like it or not. And mm -hmm. and if you like sun-dried tomatoes, the likelihood is that you will like the bar because it tastes of sun-dried tomatoes. And then, and then sort of introducing a seaweed was like, initially we were looking at maybe just doing a seaweed bar. And I think, I think that, that, that wouldn't have been a, a great, great idea, but by having the black olive in there, you, you sort of get the flavor profiles of both and seaweed is a delicious, salty, umami taste, which yeah, is, I've literally which is got sort a cupboard of what, full. Fantastic, yeah, and and that's that's sort of what what we wanted to incorporate. But again, not I don't want to be not be able to move in, in into that mass market space. So so I, th I think it's something that we sort of always always sort of come and create new flavors mm -hmm. and, and, and looking at, at what we can launch next and the kind of evolution of the brand and that <clears throat> that really sticks with us is around kind of how, how do we how do we push the boundaries? How do we make it super exciting? But at the same time. Like we're never going to appeal to everyone. That's not what we want to try and achieve. Sure. Like I'd rather have sort of six people that absolutely love us than, than twenty people that are like, oh yeah, it's okay. But but at the same time, I'd, six is key rather than just one. Yeah, if that yeah. Makes sense. Those six so, people so absolutely love you. Exactly, and and I think we what what we found over over the past few months, especially is 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 we've got we've got something really exciting which is it is quite marmite so some people are like wow this is amazing it's marmy and it's fantastic it's flavorsome it it really sort of gets your taste buds going yeah and other people are like i just don't get it like i, I want when when they try the bar they're expecting sweet so it's it's an educational was piece that, from our was that side. something was that something hard for you to overcome though the fact that you were people didn't like it yeah at first absolutely and i think um it, it it hurts because you're like you spent mm. two years and, and it is something you I've, I, it still hurts now but you just learn to be like okay it, it, whatever like yeah. and, and i, I think mean, it's, like you said it's it, put phrasing it in that sense where it's like marmite almost just allows you to enjoy the process that people do love it yeah and you know yeah. that you're gonna have people that don't love it but they're exactly. still gonna try it exactly and it's key like i think we i never would sit here or, or anywhere and say we appeal to everybody because mm. I think 
that, oh, that as a, a brand. Yeah, and, and also as a brand, and, uh, and I think we, we we're trying to be very sort of laser beam focused about it and and, and really identify our, our sort of core consumers and, and who they are and where they mm. sit rather than just a generic sort of marketing this is our demographic, it's between 18 and 30. It's like, well, yeah. hold on a second, there's a hell of a lot more demographics within that, with, even within, sort of, I don't know, you're 23, you've, you've got you've got people that, that walk the dog and there's dog walking groups and then people yeah. that are real foodies. And even within foodies, it's like vegan foodies. And, and actually splitting that house first has really helped serve a line. I think when we, when we, when we first launched, um, we, we created a recipe that, that wasn't very good. And, mm. and, and it, um, we had some, some issues with shelf life and, I was legging it around Planet Organic stores, sort of buying up a load of stock and and, and making sure the consumers weren't having a, a bad first experience with the brand, which which at the time was quite painful. I remember buying maybe sort of 10, 10 bars from a Planet Organic that, that were likely to go mouldy in the next few days. The cashier and, probably was like, oh, these must be really good. Yeah, well, exactly. But but we were on offer as well. I think we were on 25% off. And the ca- and the cashier was like, "Wow, you've you fantastic job! Like you've got a real good barking today by buying them." I was like, "If only you know, if yeah. only you knew that not only have I paid to get these on Love shelf, that. I'm paying for the promotion and then yeah. buying it back." But but so so I think so having those those real um, sort of hard moments and look, mm-hmm. we're we're still super young as a company, like we're still learning every day, but. But actually, at the at the time, it, it hurt a lot. And now I look back, and I'm like, thank goodness we had that because it yeah. it now allows us to, to, to get to where we are today and, and really sort of narrow down where where we want to go and and, and kind of let laser being focused and, and hopefully. What's been forward. what's been one of the most surprising things that you've come across come across with focusing down on your your products, your own business, as opposed to obviously when you're in um, Coulston, where you had that support, you had huge amount of uh, resources behind you. What's been the one thing for you that you just kind of didn't expect that you've had to gone through? Yeah, I think I think a couple of things. The, the first thing would be like gut instinct. I think a lot of people you, you hear on a lot of sort of um, founders who speak about gut instinct. And, and before I went in and sort of became in that moment where like you have to trust your gut, I was always kind of like a bit of an eye roll. Like it's kind of a buzzword. Like what does that really mean? And like. It's a bit sort of like, oh, okay, here we go. But but actually, being in that process, like the previous recipe, I was laser beam that had someone else who who used to work with me, who's, who's now left the business, who was a nutritionist, and 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 we were laser beamed into kind of really low sugar, and and low sugar means like less than than one gram of sugar, and mm. and actually like my relationship with the thought process of that and exploring our consumers was like actually we can still have low sugar, but have some sugar in it. And the flavor profiles are fantastic because it's naturally occurring sugars from real sun-dried tomatoes, from real black olives, rather than trying to create flavor from powdered ingredients that meant our nutritionists were fantastic. And actually doing a bit more sort of research and getting to know our consumers better, the, the, the ones who are going to eat us regularly, we are a foodie brand. They're, they're looking out for their health, but they're not, they're not, they're not, people who are kind of like i track my macros every single day and i know exactly what i'm putting inside my body and how many calories are there and blah 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 blah, blah. It's, it's more about that kind of a slightly healthy lifestyle and i think i think that would that, that that was a big big sort of learning learning yeah. curve early doors was trust that gut process and actually kind of like trust that what you're doing from a consumer research and, and engaging with your consumers is is the right thing to be doing definitely Let, let's talk about the branding then because your colors are bold they're punchy you know, you're here to make a sound, you're here to make a noise. For you, 
what was the thought process of going down the branding side, the marketing side? Did you want to be that sort of, I guess a way to describe it is like that Instagram company, right? Where you've got loads of followers, you've got a huge, big network on there. Did you have that sort of thought process or did you just go, look, we want to get into retail because obviously you got into, um, um, what's the word I'm looking for here? Planet. Retailer. Planet Organic. Yeah, there we yeah, go. yeah. You got into them. Uh, but what's your what's your thought process behind branding and marketing as a whole? I think, yeah, the, the, the sort of Instagramable brand is is obviously a thing. I think the day and age that we live in now, like you can't ignore it. I think the the consumers that we're going after, we want to be a brand where they 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 feel like they can post a picture on it because they want to be seen with it. But mm. but at the same time, that's <clears throat> that's not the be all and, and end all for us. I think. If, if we went too much down that route, it, it becomes quite quite fake. And a lot of what, what we stand behind now is that we're foodie, we're not fake, and yeah. there needs to be some substance behind what we're doing. I think you can doing. really so, stunt the growth as well if you go too much down that route. Yeah, ab- absolutely. And, and and I think consumers are, 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 are awakening up. Not waking up, that sounds ridiculous. They're awake. They're woke. The that, They're woke. <laughs> that, that, they, um, that Instagram has now become a platform to sell and, yeah, and yeah. with influencers like now that the, the hashtag ads like they have to they have to disclaim that now and it's become the kind of new new uh, television ad break mm-hmm. um, and, and actually for the first time the other day I saw saw an influencer who actually put an ad break into their uh, into their set of stories and it, it was her going and then suddenly it was like stay tuned for an ad break and I was like whoa I've never seen that before but that that kind of so it's just moving yeah, even more in that how direction. people are consuming. Exactly. But I think from a branding perspective, we, we're we in an incredibly saturated category. And at the moment, we are, as far as I'm aware, one of the only savoury brands mm-hmm. um, who, who are really heroing savoury in that category. And, yeah. and it is, is a fine line between sort of shouting about the fact we're savoury enough to... to to, to stand out but at the same time know that we haven't invented savory so we're kind of like it, it is trying to hero it rather than rather than pretend that we've invented savory because obviously we haven't and, yeah and it's is, um, is there a, is there a art of i guess education as well because i guess a lot of people just assume that bars in this sort of packaging in in this sort of shop have this sort of protein and this sort of health yeah absolutely that, that's exactly it and i think when we were going through the sort of branding the branding stage we we kind of looked at, at snack bars and inherently again this is no bad word against sweet bars because there's some fantastic brands out there who who i find incredibly inspirational but a lot of the the sweet based snack bars have the same sort of generic design codes where it is it's quite childish it's quite playful on that sort of sweet tooth um it's quite playful on the sweet tooth side of things mm-hmm. and um it uh it, it really um so, so, so we wanted to make sure that we weren't in that um, in that uh, side of things, and by doing that, we were looking at sort of layers of flavour that come through on the bar when we're eating them, and and how do we convey that on pack? So, so you can actually you can actually see on the pack stuff so in my background there that the the way that we did that was sort of layer on the artwork in there to to try and get across the fact that you are going to have slightly more sophisticated eat. Mm. Um, but but then at the same time we need that education piece to, to be front and center so people do know that and, and there's ways that we're, we're trying to do it at the moment with shelf bar because we're we're nowhere near where we need to be we're sort of still very much in in first gear at the moment but but it's, working out 
how we get that how how we get that education piece across is, is going to be a, a real challenge, but also something that that's super exciting because we're we're trying to push the category forward and and I, I want to educate people about yeah. about the fact that you can have savory in a bar. No, and I think your brand portrays that really nicely. But one thing that you just touched upon there, as opposed to some other brands in that childish childish sort of manner, it is really interesting that you're you've gone down that. I guess, you know, you, you guys were brave and owned it that you went, no, actually, we want sort of an adult feel to something, an adult snack bar. You know, kids aren't really that going to be interested in seaweed, uh, that kind of thing. It's just, it is sophisticated. And that's really yeah, refreshing absolutely. to see on the marketplace as well. I think, I think well, like we, we were with a design agency who, who, who were fun, fantastic. And, and so we, we work really hard on, on exactly that and around sort of, I think there's a lot of brands that that doesn't doesn't matter in what category. If, if you move towards the sweet thing, it's around that kind of childish sort of days gone mm. by. Like I, I want to eat this because it reminds me of when I was younger. And and actually, yeah. we were like, actually, no, we want people to eat this because we want them to live in the moment. We want them to slow down. And even if they're on a train eating something on the go, it doesn't mean that they have to wolf it down or yeah. wolf down a soggy sandwich. It's like, like can, a can be flavorsome. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And. And and you you can enjoy it and 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 as you say like olive and seaweed and, and sundry tomato and herb like it, it naturally gravitates towards a more sophisticated palate mm. and 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 that that sophisticated doesn't mean that it ha- has to come with your kind of raised up upper finger it's just yeah, more exactly. about the kind of it's appreciation of probably slightly elder yeah exactly exactly it's like it's not it's not a grab and go it's something that you appreciate like even if you're on the train you still can have an appreciative. A, a really wholesome product in your hand, yeah, which exactly. is really great. Um, yeah. Let's talk about the future then, the future of Savorist. What do you guys want to do? What, where's the pr- brand going? Where's the product going? I'm guessing you've probably got a couple more in the pipeline and that side of things. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, th- I think we, we're, we're working on a couple of the flavors at the moment, I think as well. When, when we developed the brand, it was always to maybe, not maybe, definitely move into other categories as well. So that's something that I'd, I'd love to explore and moving into that kind of real food and, and layers of, of, of flavor and stuff. But but for now, it's laser being focused on. I think we'll probably have a couple of, couple of other flavors over the next year or so, um, which which I'm su- super excited about. And again, kind of finding finding the difference between the, making sure that we get that sweet spot between kind of new and exciting and not polarizing. Um, I think uh, we've got some exciting news sort of coming up later this year, which 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 will move the business in, into the next stage in, in, in terms of a listing um or, or a couple of listings which i'm super excited about kind of get get to our next stage that really warrants us shouting about it and we can really sort of invest in marketing then because it's going to be worth worth putting putting the cash in because people can can find us in in, in, in stores yeah. um other than kind of sort of just your kind of organic to new independence which are fantastic and we love but it allows a national distribution um i think did the, sort of, did the covid situation make you reflect on where to sell yeah, massively. I think we need to improve our online presence, definitely. And I think it's something that, that is in the pipeline. And, and I think that, that natural shift to kind of um, direct-to-consumer is, is definitely something that, that is here to stay. And But but then at the same time, we are an impulse product and, and getting getting consumers to, to 
buy a full box of 12 bars of something they've never tried before is quite mm. difficult. So yeah. actually having that kind of impulse purchase where they buy one in a store is brilliant because you then, we, then hopefully they will then transition to our online stores to, 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 to buy in bulk. But I mean, I'd, I'd love to, to, to look at export and, and we're, we're in some conversations at the moment with some exciting markets and sort of look at, look at where we can, can ignite. But, but, in terms of UK, it's laser peak focus on, on London at the moment, and, and sort of really making sure that, that that we get it going and fly the savoury flag and uh, <laughs> build build up our motley What crew does the savoury flag look like? It's oh, just, it's a, just, just your just wrappers of your product. That's it. Like that's that. it. Exactly. I mean, just, you know, you realise you do now together. have to create a savoury flag. <laughs> it's in the pipeline. Same. It's yeah, coming. Exactly. It's coming. When, whenever Absolutely. we're whenever you're allowed to do like food festivals again, I'm expecting you to have a savoury flag. That's there. it. It's going up on Buckingham Palace. Yeah, do it. Just do it. <laughs> skip every, again. Just like the, the the fake wallets. Just skip the whole process and just go. climb up there. Yeah, just do it. Great. You know, um, what, what they say is there's no bad press or something like that. That's it. Yeah, exactly. I'm not sure that's um, completely true, but. Uh, yeah, no, I don't think it is either. But but there we go. Sorry. Love it or hate it. If we piss some people off in the prices, that's yeah, okay. exactly right. Uh, but listen, Harry, it, I would love to just summarise this this episode with you um, to gauge some learnings from your side of thing over the last couple of years of what it's been like to sort of run a business like this, run a business that is an a, is a product rather than a service, and maybe a two or three learnings that you've taken away from it. And what you've adopted moving forward? Yeah, absolutely. I think I think the first one is is what what we spoke about sort of slightly earlier on, just around that gut, trusting your gut, and actually you know it better than than anybody else on this planet because it's yours. Um, and but then on that same hand, listen to other people because there's other people out there who who will give advice. And I think that the second one would be go out and get advice because you'd be so surprised at how amazingly generous people are with their time and, and they want to see you succeed. Um, there's, there's people out there who, who will give you pretty bad advice, but, but you, you take little nuggets, but if you throw yeah. the nut out and decide what you listen to, great. I think, I think the, the, the last thing was, would, would be just to just do it. And again, it's that, that cheesy sort of listen to your gut, gut um, line. But if you go out there to be like, we're going to take on America and the whole world and yeah. we want to build a brand, it's, it's scary, right? Whereas if you break it down and you're like, I have an idea, how do I make this? Okay, I need to go to a manufacturer. And if you do it in like small little steps like that, like how do I get to a manufacturer? Well, I need to contact these. Before you know it, you, 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 you could well become that global brand, but you're not thinking about being a global brand. It's like, what do we need to do in the next month? What do we do, need to do? What do I need to do today in order to get to the next stage? And then yeah. suddenly you look back and you're like, Wow, I'm 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 here and and, and, and it's happening. Um, is yeah, that's that's kind of what, what I'd, I'd say really. I think we'll we'll have to speak again in maybe like two years time and see where you're at then, and we we can look back and just think, oh, what a, what an amazing journey! Because no doubt in two years you are going to be at, at heights you don't even think about now. Hopefully, no, no, we'll, wait, we'll wait and see. We'll, brick by brick, bar by bar. Let's, there we let's go. Hope that. That's how we do it. Fantastic. Harry, I guess the final question is, is how can people get their hands on the Savorist? Yeah, wicked the best bit. Um, the, so, Savorist.com um, online, at the.savorist on uh, socials. Um, I'm Harry at the Savorist. Um, if you ever sort of want, to, want to drop me a message, we're, we're still on Amazon. Just type in the Savorist and, and you'll find us there. And uh, yeah, that's of us in a nutshell, really. Perfect. Harry, thank you so much for coming on Founders 365. I've loved hearing this story. 
Thanks so much, Stephen. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Thank you. And thanks everyone for listening and watching the Spin Founders 365.